0: Oh,
1: Hello, and welcome to the If We Knew Then podcast. I'm Stephen Sox.
0: And I'm Lori Sox. And today, we talk about Liam turning 11.
1: All that's happened in this 11 years, all that we've learned, uh, especially in the last year since we just had an episode about him turning 10 and that decade.
0: To share the insights that we've learned this year with education, with life, with the pandemic supports, and just celebrating Liam in his 11th trip around the sun.
1: To see ourselves and him and Sophia 11 years later, is uh, to reflect on that is pretty pretty spectacular, actually. And to be honest, I'm a little surprised how I feel. I, I'm a little surprised with how good I feel about everything, to be honest. When I look back at 11 years, even after the diagnosis had a chance to settle in, I didn't see where we are now being a possibility.
0: Well, I think just the sentence, the diagnosis had to settle in, I think that's what we're working towards changing. That after 11 years, you just want to say, what's the big deal? And and I think that the the big deal that's placed on the diagnosis is really what makes the challenge. Yeah. So we just listened to the Liam Turns 10, because we made it a year ago. That was one of our first episodes of this podcast. And listening to it, it was just... I. I was struck by how I felt a year ago. I feel like there was still some remnants, perhaps, of frustration. I think most of our frustration comes from the education system. And I think that is one thing that has to change. We have to participate in its change as parents, just always advocating for our child's right to placement in a classroom that has the least restrictive environment with the supports, To access the curriculum.
1: Just say that over and over, right? We try to say that so many (laughs) times in these episodes. Yeah. Well, think about eleven years ago. One of the challenges that I did not foresee was school. I I didn't. That wasn't. That wasn't. No, I I didn't. And what I think is the beauty of podcasts is that you can you can learn a vernacular and just from listening, if it's our podcast or someone else's podcast about any subject, you're going to learn about that subject. From listening and to have those words that you say is a tool I mean it's a real tool to have not only in an IEP but just in discussion with with uh
0: the world yeah because <laughs> yeah. people ask you questions about educating you know it's funny because for for his for Liam's birthday someone asked me what he wanted and I or what is he what are his interests and what did he want and I said well he loves Avengers he loves movies he loves to read he loves the uh, least restrictive environment with the supports he needs to access his curriculum. <laughs> That's my, those are my birthday wishes for Liam, is to have all of those things be given to him. So looking back on 11 years, I, I think that where Liam is today and where we are today, I, you, you know, it's like every life. You, you couldn't have imagined it, but it definitely isn't anything to be feared. And I'll go back to just like the earliest thing, if, if this is a concern for any parent, I remember when he was turning four years old and you don't think about the the little ways that he makes you present. So sometimes in life, we just go through, we know in our heads, you know, February is a birthday, 4th of July, but with Liam, it reminds you that anything that's coming up, you take a moment and discuss it. Hey, Your birthday is in February. This is how old you're going to be. I don't know if we really did that too much with Sophia. So I remember when he was turning four and I started to plan a birthday party for him. And I just all of a sudden was so overwhelmed because I needed him to know it was his birthday. Mm. I needed to know that he knew it was his birthday, that it wasn't just some... Just some average day. This is your birthday. You're going to be four. And, you know, honestly, in all unfairness, I, it it occurred to me and overwhelmed me in a moment. So I thought, now I'm going to put that on him. And and I remember just, you know, we did the whole birthday party. I remember how sad I was somewhere going, oh, I don't even know what that is. Like I was so upset that maybe he wasn't aware that this was his birthday and he was turning four.
1: Then mentally he'd miss it.
0: I don't know. Is the fear? No. It's funny how what, parents, we'd put on ourselves. It it was so important because to me, somehow that was like this milestone of participation. I don't know how much Sophia understood when she turned four that it was her birthday and she was turning four. I don't know, but for some reason, there was so much more pressure. And now at 11, well, I know that he knows it's his birthday and I know that he's turned 11. And that's like such a great thing. But I also learned that it's... Those things aren't important. You know where I think the pressure came from? So many people all the time go, oh, today's your birthday? How old are you? How old will you be? And you prep him for those answers. And I want him to be able to answer correctly. Mm-hmm. And sometimes he's goofing around, right? And so he'll be like, whatever his answer is. If Sophia said that when she was his age, or even if she did it today, or whatever. I mean, I, I have friends who lie about their age. <laughs> that are forever 28, right? We all do it. But for some reason, I have just, my goal this year is to just let go of that habit of holding him to a different bar that I hold myself or anyone else that like he has to always perform at this level. That's, that's my goal. Like to let him just be so he, he can be not this expectation, not this, this way that I think he should function in order for him to have success in the world. Well, I saw a post from uh, a good friend and it said, we spend so much time teaching our children how to function around other people in the, in the world. Why isn't there more time spent teaching the world how to function around our children? Like, why are they the ones always working? Because the only things we would be teaching people is patience and acceptance. And I think we can be more patient and accepting towards everyone. So all it would be doing is making a shift to where the world is more patient and just accepting everyone, everyone in the world for who they are and where they are.
1: Yeah. I, what I've seen in the last year is so much independence. Um, he really wants to do things on his own. And I'm finally letting him really do talking to him and, and, explain to him how to do something and then when he wants to do it himself I say great and I I can leave the room and let him do it if it's dressing himself putting his shoes on brushing his teeth and I come back and then great I can readjust or change things and show him how to do it but he's that's how he's going to learn he's not going to learn if I just keep I'll do it for you because it's maybe quicker or, uh, you know, I can do it right the first time, you know? And so that whole slowing down part, especially in the mornings before school, or you want to go someplace, you can really take that time to slow down and let, let him be more independent. Let him at least try and we try and try and try and try. He might get it right away or he tries and we just, it's, it's going to come might take a few times, but you have to let him do it and give him the time.
0: Well, I think that's one of the things that I see is that we get on a schedule and, you know, there's sometimes people sleep in like Sophia has been known to sleep in before school, especially when we're doing virtual learning and there's not as much pressure to have that time for prep. Mm -hmm. Then we go into our day and sometimes it's like we can kind of sludge through and, you know, get our coffee a little late and just kind of fake it till we make it until we get there. But it's not fair to put that on Liam because we Liam doesn't get that sludge time he gets that okay you woke up late and you're kind of tired now go because you have to perform in school you have to participate you have to go to these services and work a little harder and everything he doesn't get that like if he wakes up late if this whole family wakes up late Liam has to hit the ground if it's a school day and he must perform from go and I think that needs to change and I think the reason it exists is because you know what it's me and you And we know that if the teacher calls on him and he doesn't answer, if he doesn't like articulate his words, all of those things create a perception. And it's an unfair perception because I can listen to the classroom and I can hear kids that aren't participating. I can hear kids that maybe were playing a video game and now just got caught. But there's, it's just like you, you, you literally laugh it off as just being a kid. Yeah. But
1: I mean they could be told to stay after class we're going to talk but that's just what happens with fourth grader, right? Right?
0: But for Liam we're like no, he has to do it a certain way because it's not just him being a, a kid. It goes in his record, it goes into the teacher's mind, all the kids, this is their perception. But maybe it doesn't matter. Right? Maybe that's the shift I have to make that if if other people want to base their perception on our son on this one moment where he behaved like everybody would when they were still tired, when they had a stomach ache, when they woke up late. That's not his problem. It took me 11 years and one day to figure that out.
1: (laughs) And he has a bigger day to manage than a lot of Mm -hmm. kids because he has services. So he has all these different transitions he has to deal with. Right. Think about the difficulty of that. And if you kind of start start off rough but you keep pushing through pushing through and not getting a chance to just really take a breath as a student and you're just caused to do a transition and then back to class and then maybe another transition and back to class it's it can be very difficult so it's okay to take the time and say you know what it it's not working right now
0: we're gonna take a minute we're
1: gonna literally turn the device off take a breath shut it down for him turn get it out of his face take a breath and let him have that time and then let him enjoy the day. He's going to, to get a lot more out of it if we let him enjoy his day and, and let him be a kid.
0: That my point is, how is that different for any child, right?
1: And I know. I'm just saying. No, I don't I'm saying no. I know you know. That. No, yes.
0: I know. I know. That's a, like that. That's not. It's not anything different that we would do for any child. And all that we hear is, you know, the screen time and the effect of the screen time and all of that. So. You're absolutely right. It's just taking that time to...
1: I guess when you say slow down, it's take the pressure off. I mean, you take the pressure off of him. Of course, he's going to perform better and, and it's going to be happy. He's going to be happier in life. But wouldn't we be happier and perform better as parents yeah. if we didn't put the pressure on ourselves? Talk about trying to be present. I need to presently every minute of the day, remind myself of what I just said. <laughs> I mean, it's hard. I didn't do it as much as I should have prior to Liam.
0: Well, I think I see the pressure it takes on you. Like I can hear the tone in your voice. And I I know that for distance learning, I'll just go, just go do something else. I'll jump in. Because I think that when we shifted into virtual learning and the first week they were like, grades don't matter. That changed my perception. And I was like, yeah, (laughs) it's so profound. Grades don't matter. Their success in life, how they feel about themselves and that they learn, right? They'll learn. Every kid will learn. And I think that was the message that kept getting beat home to us, right? Mm-hmm. They're going to learn. They're going to get it. That's that's all anybody said. So the grades don't matter. And when I see you get overwhelmed because the day can be very overwhelming and you're trying to learn and you're trying to implement supports that aren't being provided, but you know, the upside is we can provide them. But when you're the parent trying to be the teacher, trying to you know, just create a day from what we have with the most success, it can be overwhelming. We can get stuck in the muck and mire of the unfairness of the situation that our child isn't receiving certain supports that he's supposed to have, or no matter how much we ask, That's not what this episode is about. And it's not really what, what we're about. So when we go into the day and we know what the challenges are going to be, we, we make the best of them. But it doesn't stop it from being overwhelming. Only we can stop it from being overwhelming because we can decide not to be overwhelmed. It's just that easy and difficult at the same time. It's like we, we can step back and go, you know what? What is important in this moment? Our child's mental health, first of all. He's been on a computer for a year, right? That he learns. Well, what is the lesson? We have 40 minutes to learn this lesson, but it takes 40 minutes in a classroom because every child has to be addressed but we can mute it and get the supports that he needs and he learns it and when we do that it takes the pressure off of him he can learn better and it takes the pressure off for you but i do see in you in you i can see when you get stressed just like you can probably see when i get stressed
1: well what i need to do more when i'm sitting next to him at the computer is to take advantage of the fact that this is difficult for for many many students typical and atypical but I can shut down the computer and give him a break if he needs it. And, but I need to take advantage of that and, and know that it's not, that that can release pressure for everybody.
0: Right. Well, the accommodations are in his IEP for mm-hmm. a reason. And one of the things we always get bothered about is, hey, he's not being given his accommodation to access his curriculum. And that
1: accommodations, those accommodations should be...
0: Uh, Shorter assignments and more time to complete more those time assignments. To complete assignments. Mm-hmm. So we would get frustrated because he wasn't, receiving those accommodations and now we're we are seeing his success because we're implementing the accommodations but then we really have to the ones that really matter like in the moment like let him take a breath so Liam is becoming a young adult he's independent in a lot of ways and it's a we need to focus on how do we nurture that independence and and what what I've seen is that I, if I treat him like a young adult, he's going to act like a young adult. I always talk to Sophia about the fact that Sophia always would find something new that she wanted to know how to do. And she would always put this pressure on herself that she needed to know how to do it. She didn't give, and my conversation with her all the time is you need to give yourself that ability, that time frame to learn how to do it and watch yourself grow. And well, I need to do the same thing for him. Because I can't just say, hey, this is what we're going to do. Now do it. We need to enjoy that, just like I said with Sophia, enjoy that journey to get to where we want to be and enjoy it. What's going to come? Can we, because because we're going to learn that we can learn. We're going to learn that we grow. We're going to see ourselves get stronger. And again, just in this moment, I realize that's a conversation I always have with her, but I never have with him because... It's different when you're on the outside pushing those milestones along, right? We're we're pushing the milestones along. We're introducing the new things. So we have to then not be where we are, but go back on that journey of how are we going to learn this? How are we going to break it down? What do we do to make it fun? Right? What how do we re- remove the pressure of you know, like when he was potty training or changing from a sippy cup to a regular cup to a straw or eating using utensils or learning how to write or running or riding a bike, which riding a bike, we've, we've been on the bike a couple times, but now he's shown an interest in the bike, which is always going to be so much more beneficial as if it's his interest, not our interest. And that's every human. It's so much easier for like, I want to learn something that I want to learn, not that I'm being forced to learn. So how do we make it into this fun adventure knowing that it's just, it's creating who he is.
1: One thing I've noticed in the past couple of years is the importance of modeling for him, the importance of, of not doing it for him, but showing him, especially with speech, with, with sentence formation. If I can just keep, telling him after he says that he wants something if I can keep modeling what the way the sentence should be formed and saying the sentence in the grammatically correct way then he'll repeat that maybe he needs a couple of times to do it maybe I do it a couple of times and we take that the time and then I see it it pops out of nowhere where he says the next time he says it and sometimes it's 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 it still needs a little bit of of, of adjustment, but that's great, man, we're making progress. And then you hear these things, you go, wow, where'd that come from? But it was because we just, were doing it all day and every day. And it just, he's saying the words and I didn't, and that's a really great thing to remember. And I guess that's taking time as well. You can hear what he what's what he's going to ask and you know it because you're the parent mm-hmm. and maybe he left out a couple words, but you know what he's asking for and then you just do it. But if you take the time to just, maybe restate the correct way and then we do it and then it gives him an advantage for any anybody in society uh, the way you you speak says so much literally to other people about so much of yourself and so we, we want Liam to communicate we want him to be able to tell people what he wants
0: well I think it definitely speaks on communication and expectation but not only what others expect but what he expects from himself because I have had this conversation with Sophia when the LOLs came out and the TTFN or whatever. TY, thank you. Yeah, and I told her anything worth saying is worth saying correctly. Now, when she gets older, she can talk in as many shortcuts that she wants to, but while I have an influence, I can create a foundation of her taking the time. So again... Treating Liam like we treat Sophia, right? Mm-hmm. Taking the time because we will know we do take those shortcuts, and we used to do it with Sophia too. Like you, he says part, some of the sentences, and then we can jump and do it, or we can go, "Oh, is this what you're asking for?" And then you know we learned from speech not to make it to where it creates a frustration or hurts his self-esteem, but allowing him to rephrase it so that way that's the habit instead of the habit that we always saw when he went to school. That we would work on his articulation and then by the, by Christmas break, he had gone back into these patterns because people don't have the patience to wait for him to ask or they finish his sentences. And that's the habit that we want to break and we have the power to do it because now he's home. So one thing that I've always said to parents when we're talking about IEPs and discussing frustrations or disappointments is that you have more of an influence in your child's life than anybody. The frustrations can be there as we make changes in the world, but know that no matter what that frustration is, you have more of an influence in your child, whether it be something in society, whether it be education, whatever it is, we have the greatest influence. And I always told Sophia that my job is to give you a good foundation to grow from. And it's the same for both of my kids. I just give you a good foundation. And when we talk about jobs, I did want to address that because I did see a couple questions out there of what jobs can our child do? What job are you preparing your child to do? What are you nurturing in them? I mean this this world right now has so many opportunities because now we're we've been introduced to the power of virtual, even virtual education. I mean that just so many classrooms went virtual that I think that just really opened the door for education, for assistive technology. What does your child want to do? And then when you know what they want to do, how do we support them to be able to do that? I saw some really negative comments that one woman was looking for a job for her child and just some horrible things were said and put out there. And I think she was offered to let him roll silverware for five cents a roll, paying him $5 an hour. So don't let anybody... Like in a restaurant? Mm-hmm. The thing is, is don't let others' low expectation take advantage and put the value on your child.
1: Well, I understand an employer going, you know what, I I, I want to give this kid a chance. I want to, you know, I like this kid and his family. and But then pay them. Don't say, well, I'm going to give him a job and then underpay or or them in food or something you know it's it not it goes back to not... the
0: perception of seeing our children as less than mm-hmm. because if i walked into that restaurant you think that they would offer to pay me five cents a roll no because they know that i would i would say exactly what i told you know that's mm-hmm. against the law yeah i don't think it's i'm going to give this kid a break maybe that's when the, the f- kid
1: a break is given giving them, giving them a, job job a job
0: with the same value of their time that you give to everyone that's giving someone a chance Giving someone a chance is hey, not everybody does this, but I'm going to do this. And but why doesn't everybody? That's the question. Well,
1: they're they're assuming that they can give less in return for work, uh, and th- these people will be happy with it. That's not the way the world should be looked at. I mean, to be honest, either pay the person or don't don't offer the job. <laughs> it's uh, if you want to give to a charity, then then give to a charity. If, you're, if, if, if the employer already thinks of it as being like a charity case, then give to the charity. Don't hire someone and then just give whatever is easy for you, like in pennies or food or, well, you, you have a job. Even if the employer is coming from a charitable place, that's not charity. It's taking advantage of something. I
0: think the problem I have is that they're looking at someone with Down syndrome as charity yeah. and not another equal human well, being.
1: That's obvious. My point is if the person is coming from that place, well, then give. And I think
0: well here, and here's something to to not judge them, but for the parents is would you put your child working in a place where that person doesn't have a value of your child a real value of your child? What kind of environment are we walking into when our children are not not being looked upon as equal? Our children are being paid less than for a job.
1: There's no doubt to me, if you paid this young adult the fair wage of an hourly wage that you pay everyone else whatever job they get they do there's no doubt in my mind you're getting that in return <laughs> there's no doubt that any anyone's going to come your, into your restaurant and see this person and talk to this person they're going to feel better they're going to know somebody they're going to this person is part of our community there's no doubt that you're that you're getting you know as an employer you think i'm putting money out to get something in return i pay somebody I pay you a wage, let's say a typical person a wage, to do this.
0: Isn't it the same thing they thought of employing women? A long time ago, women didn't have a value. For how many years? And then that became a fight. And we we are fighting for equal wages for the same job. It's the same thing. If there's a job and you're going to do it, there's a wage. It shouldn't be influenced by I'm a woman or I have Down syndrome or any other difference that I have should not influence what you pay me. That, that's what it comes down to. When you're looking for a job, what, can, what job can our children do? It comes back to us. What jobs are we preparing them to do? Are we believing in them getting an education? Are we fighting for that education? And if we're not getting the education in school, we have the power to educate our children. We have that power in our house. We've seen it from the pandemic. We have the power to give them the supports they need. There's so many different online places that offer different curriculums for our children. And what do we really learn in elementary school? What do we really learn in in middle school and high school? What are we learning? And then take those lessons and break them down and we can educate our child. So I can fully recognize the fact that we have to fight for that education and the amount of power and the amount of money and energy that takes. And it can be daunting. Sometimes we can't do it. I know there are times when I come to a point where I go, I just have to breathe. And I know I'm going to rest. And I know that one of these responsibilities that I've put on myself are going to falter. And I have learned and I'm still learning to be okay with that, whatever my perception of faltering is. And where the hell did that come from? I'm not faltering. I'm being a parent and I'm being a human and that's, that's that. And I have to enjoy my life. I have to do what I'm passionate about and I get to do that. And it doesn't get taken away from me because people out in the world see my child as less. That's, that is their problem. How can I make it good for my child, for my life, for the future, for people who come behind him and for people who are on the same path as me? So that's where I am with creating equity, creating equality. It's about equality. So when we want to talk about what job can my child do, I think we need to think about what job are we preparing our child to do? And have we asked our child what they want to do? And don't be upset if what they say they want to do isn't what you had in mind. And I have to remember that. Because I think that's the history of parents and children. What you want them to do is most of the time different than what they want them to do, right? That's it. So it shouldn't be any different just because your child has Down syndrome and tells you what they want to do if it's different. You support it. How can I support you to reaching your goals, right? How can we do that? And eventually the world will change. If not the whole world, you're going to find some place that supports you as well. If you keep creating that in your life, if you keep creating an environment that supports your child, you're going to find the same environment that supports your child. You're going to make that environment. You're going to make that environment. Talking about Steve Gustafson and his family, right? Mm -hmm. The episode with Steve Gustafson in the 1940s and 50s, that environment wasn't there. So they went out and made it. They made it. They made it on a big scale. You make it on the scale that... You can make it on in your life. Yeah. So what changes have we seen in Liam this year, from last year? I see a lot of growth. One, we'll start with education right off the bat. I see a lot of growth because we're here supporting him as far as reading.
1: Shapes, fractions. He he gets those things. Yeah. And that's not <laughs> easy stuff.
0: No, because we were shifting gears for teaching. I said, let me give you a break, and I'll take over this part. And I do the English and the comprehension, and Stephen does the math. Well, I said, well, let me let me see the math so I can maybe give you a break and do the math.
1: He <laughs> had some trouble with the math. I
0: had some trouble with the math. <laughs> yeah. I and mean, I was I like, trouble. Liam can do this. This is amazing. And Stephen had to explain to me the math.
1: Well, the thing about the fractions is, and I don't know if this is just because we're in a virtual setting, but they're using manipulatives, which is what Liam uses, but they're for all the kids are using it. And maybe they use this in the in the real classroom. I don't know, but it's really great. Taking a piece of paper, folding it in half, opening the piece of paper then, drawing a line where the fold is and saying, great, we just made two parts to this whole, right? One, and then you label one half, one half. Just doing that and then you go to thirds and eighths and sixteenths and all this. But what a great thing to see in the classroom in general. But for Liam, it really has worked.
0: Well, maybe you just struck on it. And the thing about the education is we know everybody is being treated equally. The supports that Liam has in his IEP are now being used on a daily basis because everybody is having to use them. So that's a great gift.
1: Yeah, I've said before too that the inclusion has been that everyone is in the same place. Everyone's adapting. And we can use those accommodations for the typical student as well because Liam's a student. It's an
0: inclusive classroom. It's
1: inclusive, so we can use it all.
0: I think that's it, is that now there was a frustration and also an encouragement when we went into virtual learning and there was these concerns that I had had for so many years that I had voiced, that now every parent was voicing them, and it takes every parent. It takes... It ta- unfortunately, it took the typical population to, to also require that assistance to where people slowed down. And now, Liam's at the same level of support as everybody. Everybody is receiving the same support. And when it's, oh, everybody needs this, then you know, that's- Makes it easier. It makes it easier, <laughs> right? And so it's a gift. And maybe, maybe that will create some changes in education and changes in classrooms and changes moving forward in teachers where they've experienced it as well. I know in one of our last PTA meetings, they're having the conversations about the impact and children needing more support. And I think that's great because then when it affects so many more children, then people are interested. People are interested in making that change. And however it has to happen, I'm okay with as long as the change happens. I see in Liam at 11, an awareness I've always, he's always present, but I see an awareness maybe of some of the challenges that he might have, whether like articulation and when people can't understand him, I see that frustration. Do you see that?
1: Yeah, I see the frustration. I, I see that he is now more able to take the time to really try to explain himself. It used to be, to me, it used to be where if someone didn't understand him, he might just be like, whatever. He'd give up. And move on. Right. Now, I think he feels confident enough that, like, he can actually, no, not that, this. And he tries to say it again. Oh, oh, got
0: it. It was great last night in the Zoom for his birthday, and he was like, hey, guys. Hey, guys. (laughs) And he was telling people what to do or how he felt. or It was pretty awesome. But, yeah, I feel like he does have the ability to express... Now we've had challenges with speech, so his expressive doesn't necessarily, his articulation isn't necessarily that which everybody can understand. So I feel like he's more aware of when he's challenged. Mm. That's why when I see that he's frustrated, like at the end of the night yesterday, and he was kind of frustrated, and I feel like that's when I need to stop and start communicating and talking him through through things. So one, I'm going to give him words and to just work with him on that basis, to be able to understand where he's coming from, and what he's feeling, and then give him those tools, because he's going to put pressure on himself, he's putting different pressures on himself. So if something happens, where he feels like he's, done it wrong or made a mistake I see the pressure now in him where he gets really upset so if I can go to him when he's feeling those feelings and say hey what's going on and we have a conversation together and I'm getting some words out of him I can then relate to him just like I would with Sophia. Well, you know, I feel that way too. Do you feel this way? Because when I feel this way, this is what helps me. And everybody feels that way or everybody does that or this is part of learning or this is whatever it is. There's tons of really great books out there actually on communicating and feelings that, you know, you can read together with your child that talks about different challenges and, and what we're feeling and, and things like that.
1: Well, I see it when he he apologizes. He'll he'll say, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry about maybe many things," and I'll say, "No, it's it's okay." So his awareness is there that he maybe didn't do it exactly right, but I can say there's no reason to be sorry. We're working through this.
0: You know what his OT says that's awesome is if you're doing your best, you don't have to be sorry. Exactly. Right. That's really great. Yeah, I think I should bring that out into the world too. So when people say stuff, I can just remember that if you're doing your best,
1: no reason to be sorry.
0: We can talk about physical health. So he hasn't had his eleven-year-old physical yet, but uh, flat feet. He was in the house a lot with yeah. uh, no shoes on, so we noticed that he was supernating, and we went online. You can go to a podiatrist and have them measure a arch for you, or you can go online.
1: Found some some good supports online. You can just kind of take the the inside of the shoe out and you slip this in and it's a nice arch support, especially we're now having him wear shoes just inside. He has tennis shoes that are just for inside that have supports in them. It just to keep you aligned and it's going to help your, your whole body, but it's going to wear down your, your legs a bit and your feet. If you're just on the hard wood floor all day, just in your socks. That can happen because, yeah, you know, it used to be only on the weekends we just walk around our socks sometimes or you have some shoes for inside, but they're not really a lot of support. But now that we're inside practically every day for the entire day, put tennis shoes on for inside.
0: I was just even starting to notice structurally, and you could go to your podiatrist or pediatrician, but I've, I started to notice structurally on his foot, and that's going to go all the way up his spine, all the way up into his alignment. Um, and I
1: started doing it. I have shoes, too, that yeah, I do the you same have, thing. Yeah, your I mean, foot was
0: actually starting to hurt. Well, yeah, it's,
1: it just makes sense. It's flat feet. I, I wouldn't do that all right. day long if I was going out into the world. And even if I was inside in a classroom or in, a, in an office building, I would have shoes on.
0: So uh, the other, other little thing was dry skin. And I have seen this as being a concern with with other people and I think that there are different. and it's winter time I mean, winter it's winter time you know everyone's not, having not to say this skin. isn't psoriasis or
1: that you really need to go to the doctor for right
0: this is Liam has really dry skin but really dry skin we all know when we have really dry skin it can it can become really really dry skin mm-hmm. <laughs> right sure and calluses so we found a product called uh, goop by all good and it's a like a salve and I put I put that I even since it's winter and his skin's super dry I put it all the way I warm it up in my hands and I put it on his legs, uh, underneath lotion after a bath, right. Just to make sure that the skin stays moisturized, but it's been, it's been really, it's been phenomenal.
1: Yeah. Feet, knees and elbows. I mean, everyone can, can use that, but this stuff's been great.
0: Yeah. So those were the two like physical. We don't, we haven't had his physical this year, but he's been healthy because we've been inside obviously, uh, the vaccine. He's too young to get the vaccine we did receive the vaccine.
1: Yeah, we did. Um, In California, uh, the way it worked, Liam is too young to get the vaccine, but because he's in California, he's with the regional center. uh, Caregivers are allowed to get the vaccine early. They're in a a higher tier. You just need a a letter from your caseworker at regional center and then make an appointment. And we, we were able to get our second dose a couple weeks ago. And we're very, we're, we're joyous about that. I think it's a, it's a miracle, a scientific miracle that we're, everyone's going to get it soon, but it's just a way to protect uh, your children. If someone with Down syndrome is over the age of 16, I believe they are qualified in California to get the vaccine. There's been people turned away and then people not turned away. And I think it's going through a process, but at this point, I think that's how it is. I've reached out to many other states and that's not how it is. I've reached out to other countries that we are in connection with, and that's not how it is either. But in California, caregivers, parents, and adults with over Down syndrome the age of over the age of 16 are, can get it.
0: And everybody's going to do what's best for their family, and that falls in line with whatever their beliefs are. It was pretty scary. I mean, we hold two different beliefs with this. Like, Stephen was gung-ho because he's, you know, science and, and just studies it and has been following it. And I was a little trepidatious because uh, it was new.
1: Came around really fast.
0: It came around kind of fast. And so it was kind of scary uh, for me. It wasn't scary. I was just like, I trust Stephen, So I knew that he did all the research because he researched everything. He knew when it was coming up. But I, I, can, I can acknowledge that doing something brand new, especially a vaccine. There are people out there that don't even do vaccines for a normal flu. Um, but i can acknowledge that it can be concerning because it's being the first
1: yeah, there's a lot of people concerned about something to just oh here we go it's and, and how many people have had it tested on them and there's thoughts and there's also misinformation out there as well that you're always dealing with and having right. to right but on sit a real through.
0: as far as like real information it was you know on a very basic level doing something new that's unknown can can be frightening but After we had a conversation in the car on on the way there, it was that this is science and this is what science is for. And we were so fortunate to be able to receive this vaccination, to have that opportunity for me, from my point of view, that what overrode my fear was the thought that this was an opportunity that I was being given and that I was very fortunate I needed to do everything that I could to protect my family and also my community, my world, my community, you know, anybody that I encounter, um, that, that I was given this opportunity. And I know a lot of people out there that want the vaccine that, that weren't getting it or that didn't have the opportunity to do it. So I was, I was thankful.
1: And hopefully everyone gets it by the summer.
0: So we've talked a lot about education and challenges I would say fourth grade. We are excited that he's still on curriculum, which we have fought for because it was important to us. It has worked for him. It's not important to everybody, but it was important to us. Liam is still on curriculum in the fourth grade in an inclusive classroom with his peers or in a kitchen with a laptop with his peers. And he has a one-on-one that he still has in the virtual world. We've made that work. We have a great episode with Kyle Davis from Macquarie Pediatrics, who's a behavioralist, who explains what a one-on-one a BII, BID, those services and what they look like in the school. So if you have any questions about that, listen to Kyle, articulate it because he's so much better in making it clear what that means and how those supports help your child to access the curriculum. Liam is doing fantastic in his curriculum. Math, he uses a calculator, and he has all the accommodations. So when we go back to school or when you're in school or whatever grade your child is in, find out what those accommodations are. And they really do help level the playing field.
1: We're also going to use them more at home now that we've been experiencing it in the classroom I can use this at all times.
0: And, you know, in all fairness to teachers, like teachers, especially our teacher now, we've absorbed another class. So she's teaching like 39 kids. Teachers have big classrooms and they're not educated all the time on what an IEP is. Or, you know, the truth is they might not have time to read through and make sure the accommodations are there and they're at all times because they have so many kids. So it's, it's really a change that needs to take place on a bigger level, like the district needs to change things, and teacher education, and having the supports there in the classroom where these large classrooms that the teachers have the support to make sure that all students, not just my child, but all students have the accommodations that they need. Every single child has that. That is that is every child has the accommodations they need and supports to access their curriculum. So we support teachers, and we understand that they're doing their best. So how can we support the teacher? So reading, we've been supporting Liam in reading since he was being taught to read in school. And that took a lot of support from us as far as being patient and taking the time to read with him every day. So one thing that was really exciting is we finally found a series of books that are interested, interesting to him.
1: Yeah, not the ones I would have picked. No. But he picked him. He loved him. So, of course, he's going to read them. Captain Underpants.
0: Captain Underpants. <laughs> he found it in a movie they They're really funny, actually. And they're funny and they're great. And what I love about them is they combine the comic strip reading with also just narrative written in paragraphs and sentences. So, it's engaging and it's fun. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that I really loved is is that if you uh, read about the author, it talks about how he had challenges as a kid with ADHD and that he often had his chair moved outside the classroom. I know, it's sad, right? But while his chair was outside the classroom, he started to create this cartoon Hmm. and this book. I think that's inspiring to our kids. You want to talk about what are you preparing your child to do? Let them know Captain Underpants was created by someone who was looked at as being a different learner, Not only
1: not included in the classroom, physically taken out of the classroom.
0: A very non-inclusive environment. I think that's, you know, things have changed. That that used to be just move his classroom, move Johnny's seat outside the classroom if he can't act like everyone. Mm -hmm. What kind of message did that send to all the other kids? Mm. Well, now the message is, hey, being different is pretty cool because we're all different. But look at look at what he did. And and I think for me, when I was reading the back cover with Liam, first of all, it showed a picture of him as a little kid. So how relatable is that? And then also just talking about, and just talking about his challenges that he had in school. And I think that just talking about the challenge that in Liam, he can go, oh, and inside, he can know that, hey, maybe I've I feel those same challenges. Maybe sometimes they put me outside the classroom. Maybe sometimes the teacher is, gets frustrated with me. I don't know if I would have ever felt that about Captain Underpants. No, had I, had I not enc- encountered him. Um, yeah, and but it's the,
1: a great. It's a great series, and and the most important part is that Liam's engaged and Liam wants to read it.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh man, he was whizzing through it. He was whizzing through that, that it, book.
1: It feels good when your kid grabs a book and says, "I'm going to read." You're like, "Yes." Yeah. no matter who, who who your kid is, you want them to enjoy what that activity is going to be because it's, then it's going to happen. you're not pushing them to, to do it. Um, I don't want any time to go by talking about school and not mentioning that Liam has started the cello
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, something that maybe wasn't his you know to kind of go back to the other side wasn't his first choice to do. It's not always something he wants to do but but he does enjoy it. I mean it's, a, it's music, it's a sound.
0: Okay, so I'm going to go back a little bit Sorry, on my words. Go... No, no, no. I'm going to go back a little bit on my words where I said, you know, accepting what they want to do. Because, let's face it, with musical instrument, I don't know if any kid wants to like. There's I don't. There's a couple. There are and some those virtuosos are the ones that are going on right, to the right, symphony, right? <laughs> right. But music is so good for every child, and for their brain, and for the development of their brain. You can just you can read these different studies about how when Liam was in the NICU, we put an iPod in his incubator just to activate different parts of his brain. So he'd always have some kind of activation and stimulation. So music is really good. And honestly, our daughter plays the violin. The guitar. And the guitar. But now that she's at the end of the eighth grade and she's at a point where she's good at what she's doing, now it's interesting. It, it was challenging to get her to want to play when it's not, where they want it to be.
1: Everybody wants to be really great right away. Right? Everybody wants to be Yo-Yo so Ma. Right. And there's this um, learning curve. There's these uh, growing pains that people, that you don't, who, really nobody wants pains, to go through that. Right,
0: when it's a cello and violin, growing pains for our neighbors.
1: <laughs> and for Liam with the cello, what worked out great with the cello is it's something that he can uh, support up against himself. So he didn't have to work uh, as, as hard on holding it up, because I was thinking if he has to hold a violin up, it could really wear him out at first, and he would just, to get through that first step might be really hard, just holding it up, but if he can lean himself against the cello, the hardest part is holding the, a lighter thing, the bow, horizontal to the ground, and that's a lot of effort, so he's getting a lot of work doing that on his hands, and having to control his hand on the note, on the string that he wants to to hit and man he likes it when he makes a good noise come out of that cello he likes it now like like we said that is something that we do have to remind him push him to do make time and moments to do but I can only imagine the future benefits for him because I've seen the benefits in Sophia with violin and instruments and I it's we know how it has affected her in a positive way
0: Absolutely, and, and I was just thinking that, you know, when you talk about education, it would be so good to, like, incorporate that with his occupational therapy, because the occupational therapy is strengthening his hands, and that's something that, you know, we can, and we'll talk to his, maybe once a week, the last five minutes, he can show, because one, that's going to, he'll be able to perform a little, and that makes kids feel good, every kid, and also be using that strength.
1: Yeah, right? he has an occupational therapy session, This about a half hour after his cello session online. And those days can be a little more difficult and taxing, Uh, but it's nice to discuss with the OT because it is a lot of OT. It is a lot of strengthening and an OT would know better the the words to use, but uh, having to manipulate something accurately, you know, that's, that's difficult. It's going to, I just know it's going to pay off. It's something we didn't, we made sure we took advantage of. We could have easily turned down that opportunity, and I think it's a good choice.
0: And we have a in- very inclusive teacher. Oh, yes. She's the orchestra teacher is amazing. And this might just be arts across the board. Very inclusive. I think we we also experienced it with the dance studio creation station that our children Went to together, and that Sophia is still a part of. That's just that full. It was the first time that we were so used to having to do all this extra work to get him included, and we were like, we'd love him to take dance. Uh, this is, and uh, what do we need to do? Do we need to hire somebody to be there with him? And it was the first time someone just was like, no, let him come in, let him dance. And I got to tell you, when you surround yourself with people who support you and your child, it's great. But Liam. Liam has a great team and his orchestra teacher is phenomenal and patient and this, all those things that we talk about that we need to get. She definitely has those, his occupational therapist is, has those tools. And, and this year his resource teacher is, is the same, you know, we see, I think being on this side of the table where we're participating in school, we can really see the people who support him. And I think, I have a deeper appreci- I know I have a deeper appreciation for those people because they're so instrumental in his life and success.
1: No pun intended.
0: <laughs> so, this is 11 and we had no idea where we would be 11 years ago. But had I known that at 11 I would be in the kitchen all day baking his favorite birthday cake in the same fashion that I do for his sister and having the same, same concerns as I have for his sister's celebrations, no more, maybe a few less because I, you know, we didn't have a, that, that big party to plan because we're virtual. And also because Liam isn't a fan of big parties. So, you know, usually it's a a nice quiet getaway because he loves the beach Mm -hmm. and he loves hotels. I mean, He's a man after my own heart. That's right. Had I known at 11 that all those fears that I had in that moment when I received the diagnosis, those fears that were based on things that I didn't even know, they were based on the unknown, they were based on uh, perceptions that uh, other people had or told me, or just different words that impacted that moment. Had I had insight into yesterday at that moment, it would have been different. When they when they told me, I would have said, okay. Let's start getting those supports in to where not only he can access his curriculum, but also he can access his life and his potential. That's what I would have said. Because yesterday was, just like every birthday celebration, a celebration of him. And he asked for his favorite cake that I made him and his favorite foods and had a list of things that he wanted. And it was a celebration. A celebration of Liam all things Liam, everything that he loves, everything that he loves to do. There were movies and books and pizza and chicken strips with ranch and french fries and people singing to him. There were minions and Avengers and Star Wars and balloons. There were friends. It has a great day. What do I have hopes for this year? We're going to work on the cello and learn how to ride a bike. Or we're going to at least uh, take those steps. We're going to take the first pedal. The first pedal is the hardest. And my hopes are that he has the supports to not only access his curriculum, but to access his life, that he knows he is loved, and he is able that we create a foundation for him based in love that gives him confidence and self-worth, that is unshakable by others and whatever their perceptions may be, that Liam knows himself and that we know Liam and we see Liam and we celebrate him every day, encourage him every day.
1: You know, our wish for Liam is just like with Sophia. We wanna create a foundation that supports him to access his dreams and the world the courage and the self-worth to forge his own path, to know who he is, to have confidence, to know he's loved and able. And equal. Please follow us on Twitter at If We Knew Then Pod, and you can drop us a line on our Facebook page at if we knew then pod Or visit our website, ifWeNewthen.com, to send us an email with questions and comments.